Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the journey of Oz. And uh, today we have a Mr. Kind Sir, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So basically, um, we just want to get a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, what you like, where you're from, that type of deal. So I guess we can start off with uh, where are you from originally? I am from the great state of Virginia, also known as the Old Dominion. Uh, what I do, I'm a military member, been in about 18 and a half years, give or take. Enjoyed many days of it. Honestly, probably 97, 98% of it. It's been all good. I can't, I can't really complain. I've been really thankful. And uh, now I'm just like, I'm, I'm a master of debate. You know, any topic you want to talk about, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to provide my opinion on you know, and that, that's it. You know, I really like this format that he has going here, and I figured I, I go ahead and add a little uh, intellect to his uh, his journey here. We're de we're definitely uh, definitely ha happy to have you, uh, just to have somebody who's doing roughly the same job, if not you know better, but <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. You know, um, we all have our our goals in life. Yeah. So this one is actually uh, technically in the field. You know, uh, not not in the studio. Not in the confines of uh, my my home, so this is a little bit more interesting, I think, uh, than doing it in a controlled environment, just kind of uh, on the run here. But it's cool, just to give a give it a try. I guess I'm using uh, my H4N by Zoom, so we'll see how this turns out after production and uh, editing. Yeah. But yeah, this so, kind of environment provides a different dynamic because. Uh, we're in a professional environment, so more likely the conversation is going to be maybe uh, raunchy, but it'll still be more professional than, you know, in a basement drinking IPAs. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was last weekend. Um, yeah, so now we know where you're from, uh, where you've been, how'd, how did you get to this point? That winding road. This, Give a, the a preface. winding road. Uh, well, military brat. My father did 20 years in the Army. I decided that community college in Hampton, Virginia wasn't for me. Because I was going to class, going to sleep. And I was working at MCI WorldCom. I'm not sure a lot of people know that. They used to have landlines at every house. And then you would have telemarketers call you and try to get you to switch. I would get cussed out every day. At work, which was entertaining. It was fine. It was cool. Like, I got it. It was fun. People yelling at me. I'm calling you in the middle of dinner. Understandable. Uh, the problem I had was that I'd call someone and talk to them for 15 minutes, and they'd be on the hook. And then quality control would get on the phone, and they would say, oh, he didn't explain that to me. Now I get a ding on my record, and I got to sit and talk to someone. And I'm like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm not feeling this dress code. I, was, I wanted to wear my Tims and my hat backwards, and they were like, you got to wear a tie. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so I took, I literally, uh, I did a stereotypical black thing. I took a break all my current job to call my new job. So I took a break, <laughs> went to the break room, called my Air Force recruiter. He said, come see him. I didn't go to work the next day. I went and seen the recruiter. Yeah, send me my check in the mail. Right? And then I think after that, I just stopped going to work. And then this was November 99, I think late December. I got a bonus check from MCI. Like I stopped going to work. And a hundred fifty dollar check came. I'm pretty sure I still might owe him money, but I don't care. Spent <laughs> it. Good Christmas money. Uh, that joint Air Force, you know, middle of spring two thousand, May two thousand has been a journey ever since. I went from Lackland in Texas. Was there for a few months. Went to Shepherd. A lot of people have been there. It's in northern Texas, Tornado Alley. Ooh. From there I went to Germany, did four years there. It was a great time. My whole plan was to do two years. And then I went to a house party and I met a few attractive people and I realized that <laughs> this is a, this is a country I might want to stay in a little longer <laughs> and they're doing four years then I went to Korea from Korea went to Utah a lot of people was like oh my god Utah is terrible I love it can't wait to go back did eight years there then I got a message saying hey we need you to retrain to this new job that retraining relocated me here to dirty jurors and this is where we are now I've been here about four years had a lot of complaints, but a lot of them weren't really valid complaints. They were just complaints for the sake of me having words. But once you put it in perspective, uh, 
I was given an advantage by coming here and I, I took advantage of it and thankfully it's worked out. Got a stripe here, job security. I get to interact with a lot of people. Um, you know, so like I said, it's all benefits. Hmm. Well, that's uh that's a heck of a road. That's a let's put let's put this in perspective. Ninety nine I was graduating from the eighth grade going to my freshman year of high school. Cool. I was 18 uh, in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> now I was like, uh, my thing I like to say now, I, you know, I'm 37. I just turned 37 a couple of days ago. Um, got a few gray hairs and it's cool. My barber tried to cut him out on my deployment. I'm like, man, leave it. <laughs> leave that salt and pepper on top. I'm good with it. Uh, perspective, like, you go out, you know, we live in the, you know, fill it the tri-state area Philadelphia has a lot of bars and college towns and I like to go in the bars and say where were you during 9-11 <laughs> like not even born third grade second grade uh, I was homeschooled I mean it's always some kind of strange answer and I was like yeah it was 20 <laughs> so on my way to work man so it was just perspective but wow so it's still, still pretty fun so so you did mention you know Utah that's that's gonna be probably what home when this is all said and done. Utah's gonna be home. Best kept secret. That's fifty states. Legitimately, Utah. It has a stigma, but it's not. It's not as bad. I don't think it's nearly as bad as the stigma insinuates. It's similar to how people feel about New York. Because people think everybody in New York is super rude. It's like no, they're just quick. They want to go, they need to get there. Like, when they want to order a pizza, they walk in, like, hey, give me a slice. Like, that's not rude. That's quick. I'm in and out. Yeah. Uh, people have these these ideas about Utah, these ideas and these these stereotypes. And some of them apply. I mean, stereotypes come from somewhere, but for the most part, Utah is a great place. I can't wait to go back. That whole out west life is just different. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever driven through Utah or, like, the Four Corners area. It's like driving through a postcard. <laughs> Every day of the year is beautiful, no matter what. Even if it's foggy. So if it, if so it's, it's foggy, the, 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 the four corners, the four corners are what? Uh, Utah? Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado. I only know that because of my last job, but never been through there. Yeah, people go there. I'm not driving there to I heard it's kind of cool to stand there and like, oh, look, I'm in this state. It's great. Yeah, you're in all four states at once. That's great. Somebody marketed it. That's what you do so, when you're when you're bored in New Mexico. I knew people go who lived in New Mexico. They did that. No one lives in Colorado does that. <laughs> when I was in Arizona, <laughs> like I'm not like I got Phoenix in Arizona. I'm not going up to the Four Corners. Colorado's like I got everything else. I got mountains. I got Vail. I got Denver. I'm not going. Utah, like I got Salt Lake. I got Park City. I've got my path to Vegas makes more sense to me than going to these Four Corners. New Mexico was like, yeah, we got Albuquerque. <laughs> then they go oh, to man. That's why that, those people do that. Nobody else. Nobody else does that. So Utah, you're a Utes fan. A little bit. Correct. So you got to buy in. Like it's very, uh, very clicky in uh, Utah. I just it's maybe Utah it's, BYU. It's good, those, it's those good that you got, you got a team because when I thought I was gonna be in South Carolina, like this is it. I couldn't become a Gamecocks fan. I just couldn't get down with it. Like, I enjoyed that the community was very tight-knit. It's the South. The South is the South. Great food, you know, camaraderie, all that. You know, dealing with Southern nonsense, whatever you would consider that to be. Slower slower pace of life, that's for sure. I don't know how it is in Utah, but they're slow poking down there, mostly because it's like a billion degrees with like a thousand percent humidity, so... Put in perspective, Utah as a state has about three million people, but it's stretched out over about million eight to two million people live from Ogden to Provo, which is about 45 50 miles, and then it spreads east and west. So it's a lot of space to put that many people. Think about Manhattan, that tiny island. That's like how many people live in that? Seven, eight million people crammed on this tiny island. And you take Manhattan, you 
take a hundred Manhattans and shit. Oh, then you got people who come there every day on a train from Jersey. Ugh. It's just crowded. Now you take those same amount of people and you put them in Kansas and spread them out. Like, how much space do you have? Like, how many things do you have going on? That's what you have in Utah. You have a lot of people, so it requires a lot of entertainment. So you have movie theaters everywhere. You have the football stadium. You have the Utah Jazz you have the arena downtown. You have a lively downtown atmosphere. You have a lot of restaurants. Because you have enough people that require entertainment. But it's never overloaded. Like, I've, I'm going to honestly say, the eight years I was there, I've never waited longer than 20 minutes to get into a restaurant. Hmm. On any, any night of the week, even a busy night. Except for the nights where veterans ate for free. And then every restaurant was a long line because we all got our food yeah. for free. But even with that... It was legit free, and then the tickets to the basketball game was legit free. So wow. there's a lot of perks. And it's close to Vegas. I mean, I think everybody should go to Vegas in their lifetime. There's certain certain cities you just, you just gotta go. You gotta check out. You know. So, so, so Utah. So you just you weren't gonna do BYU. That's for sure. BYU's different. Uh, it's different. They're not as nice as people think they are. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're intense sports fans. They're just sober. Like they're sober, intense Wasn't sports. Was that where like Steve Young played? Steve Young, Jim McMahon, uh, the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian was a quarterback I there. Didn't know Ty that. Detmer. Um, Ty Detmer. Oh wow, I heard that name in a while. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of good quarterbacks came out of there. Not a lot of other skill positions really come out of BYU. Because I mean, honestly, because with BYU, they're only playing three years max. They're they're twenty two years old. And they come back from their mission. Playing three years, most of them, and when they, once they come back from their mission, they play they after, play. after, so after the a, mission. They're no freshmen. Rarely. And they're they're all like adult men. Like the the at one point the BYU basketball team was older than the Utah Jazz basketball team. The starting lineup for the BYU Cougars average was older <laughs> than the just, starting line of the Utah of Jazz. Just, just there. a bunch of 23-year-old men up. playing against 18-year-olds <laughs> just kidding, getting you bounce passes and screens and back cuts and shooting 35-foot uh, jumpers. They're like the, the San Antonio the, Spurs of the The, of the, the most life. fundamentally sound basketball <laughs> team in America. BYU Cougars because it was like a bunch of grown men <laughs> playing against teenagers. Oh man, that's... Yeah. That's it rough. Like, it was. It was, a, it was like there was substantial. They were like two years average. Oh. In the starting lineup, yeah, it was like twenty four and a half was the starting lineup. Twenty three, something like that, and it was like twenty one was the starting lineup average Jesus. for the Utah Jazz. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so basketball wise, a lot of it's a, it's a lot of good things that come out of like different areas and. The joy because I, 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 I can remember growing. So you, you talked about the national championship team before in conversation we had. Their basketball team is what relatively decent basketball team because they're super. Recently, then they have who, they, who was the kid who came out of there? They had they got Kuzma that just came out of there. Delon Wright just came out of there. Uh, Jake Gakapurdo plays for the the Raptors. He just came out of Utah. Uh, Kuzma's about to be LeBron's second-hand man. Came from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have Keith Van Horn back in the day, Michael oh, Dolriak, right. yeah. Andre Miller. These guys were in the Elite Eights, Final Fours. You know, simple, fundamental basketball. It's one of the best prep schools for basketball is out of Utah because it's not flashy. It's just good, wholesome, homegrown, simple sport. So my last, my basketball. last memory of. Andrew Bogut drafted number one overall out of Utah. Utah Same year, Alex Smith was what, 2000, 2000 and I believe 15. I think it was Harbaugh's first year when at, Utah popped us. Beat Michigan, yeah. At Utah, and people kept saying, oh, man, I don't know, man. It's supposed to be an easy game. And I'm like, dude, it's in Utah. Night game. I know, I know you have your opinions on the atmosphere, I don't, but I don't for know. Me, People understand that the, the 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 pressure, the actual earth pressure, because you're at you're at a mile high oh. in Utah Stadium. Okay, so it's the just like Denver. Stadium. It's like Denver, yeah. So I think the elevation at because they're at the base of the foothills. If you go downtown now, now, Salt Lake, go up the hill. Based on the game that I saw, I don't, I, don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember the quarterback's name that you guys had the starter, 
but he had played the season before at Michigan, and they got just thrashed. They tried to stay in it about a quarter. They just absolutely thrashed us, but he came back the next year, and I, I remember he had, like, a head injury. Something we had to, like, relieve the pressure in his skull, and he ended up coming back, playing, starting for Utah, and the kid was fundamentally just destroying our defense. Like, he, he threw the ball away when he needed to be thrown away. He knew when to take off on his, you know, if he had to collapse, the play collapse, he's out of the pocket, ran out of bounds. He did, he did everything fundamentally just perfect and just gamed us into the ground. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, Utah is... No big plays, really? It's but a just good, chip away, chip it's away, a good chip away, sale, and, like, and run you into the ground. Yeah, you got a lot of colleges that can sell you on tradition. Michigan can sell you on tradition. Michigan State, all big, most Big Ten schools can just, they can get you enamored with the campus. You I know, can tell you bring who, a recruit there. who can't, and nobody wants to talk about it, but that is the fact that Purdue just got beat by Eastern Michigan over this weekend. Yeah, but they still they still get top players. They still put away Drew Brees. Got Drew Brees, uh, Curtis Painter. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you got Jay Cutler out of Vanderbilt. Like you have these large schools that can recruit. You know, Alabama. You can get guys on campus. Alabama. You get guys of Oregon. You can get them all the Nikes and different color combination shoes. You can get guys. You can get guys all these big schools. What Utah tapped into was California is a huge high school football market. And as such, you have a lot of California kids who want to play Division One football in California. But they may not get drafted for Division One. They don't, picked up they don't always get an opportunity in a Division One school in California. Let's really break it down. California schools there. They have Division One. They have say they have a thousand high schools. Let's say, but each one of them has a five star guy. If, if you're, if you're being realistic, just in state, you got UCLA, USC, C, Stanford, Stanford, Fresno, Cal, Fresno Cal. State. Do you have all those schools? I think that might be it. The then rest of them then you have then you have Oregon that recruits California. You have Washington that recruits California. Well, so you have a kid going growing up in California wants to play, but then you have all these these websites giving these guys stars. So now you have a bunch of five-star guys. They all go to USC, UCLA, yeah. uh, you know, Fresno State. And the longer I've, Cal. especially going into adulthood, watching watching football for almost my entire life now, your four-star and five-star athletes, if you were to give me, let's say, 100, 100 five-star athletes, football, out of that group, I can realistically sit down and say, out of those hundred, probably between eighteen to twenty will actually be a starter, and keep their spot. The rest of them will get hyped up. They really do. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at your competition that you're playing against. I'd rather take a four-star athlete and have him compete, improve himself. Because if you go to a camp, a college camp, and then you prove yourself as a four-star athlete, except for being like, well, my expectations here at five. I have yeah. to keep this. That's going to be a lot harder on the athlete, I think, than it is. I'm a four. I proved myself to get to the five. Now I trust you. Yeah, the expectation level is is elevated for a five star recruit, and then it might it might not translate to hunger at the next level. So what Utah does is they recruit the three star California guy. So they were recruiting a three star California guy when they were in the Mountain West Conference. So they were getting better athletes than Wyoming, mm-hmm. than who else was like sneaky? I think TCU snuck into the Mountain West for a few years. Then you had BYU was independent. Was Boise in there? You had maybe Boise State upgrade and they came to the Mountain West. You had New Mexico State. You had a Nevada, lot of these Nevada, little schools. Nevada, Nevada a lot of these little schools. So what Utah was getting, they were getting, they were on TV because the state of Utah, it was it's big. College it's, football is big. UNLV, UNLV as well. UNLV was one of those Mountain West. So they were good in basketball. So they were good on TV because they were basketball was so long out of the season, and they were able to recruit. And then you get a kid to Utah, and it's like, oh, this is not anything like I expected. The campus is literally right downtown in the city. It's like oh, imagine wow. having a college campus, the only college campus. In the middle of Manhattan. 
the NYU. In the middle of Philadelphia. <laughs> like, you're the only campus. It's yeah. not like there's a bunch of schools and you're competing. You're literally top dog. You have the NBA players, and then you have University of Utah football and basketball players. Okay. And so athletes. That's what, no that's, other, those are your athletes downtown. There's like, there's no other, uh, how do I say, there's no other, like, competition really as far as no other competition the, the hockey gonna team watch is an ECHL like a lower level hockey team and they're on the west side of the city but literally you take the exit to downtown Salt Lake City and you take that one road the downtown like the main street downtown like it's fourth south it goes east up to the mountains your campus is at the top of this like you go up the mountains like the foothills and the campus is there, and then it's just the mountains. <laughs> and Carmel. You're literally at the top of the mountains, of the, overlooking the city. <laughs> so you bring a kid there, and you take him there. Just like, listen, this is your city. It's between you and the Jazz basketball team. It's 15 of it's them. Like, it's like, we know that you're going to be better than them. You're going to be more <laughs> entertaining because we got less games. And you are literally the, you're the top you're top dog in this city. Like you're the money maker right now. So we can get, you can get a kid from Vegas to come up because you can sell him on which that. Even, which even like burns me the, the NCAA even like even more like I'm the commodity here. People come to watch me in this town. Yeah. People are big jazz fans. They make they all sell out their types of money off of me. Yeah, they sell out their forty one home games too. But as far as like you're selling a nineteen and twenty year old that you're recruiting, oh, and, and you're man. like, hey. If you win here, you're love forever. Go look around. Stockton Malone Honda. Stockton Malone Acura. Stockton Malone Hyundai. <laughs> They're everywhere. They have statues because they won a, They didn't win championships. They just won games. Shout and out. people love you forever. Shout, shout out, out to Stockton Malone. Shout out to the 90s Bulls. Shout out to the 90s Bulls for taking away a couple of championships from my uh, Utah Jazz. There's but, nothing they could do. It was terrible. But they still love them. Be BYU, former BYU football players or former BYU athletes are, you know, you see those lawyer commercials? Yeah. It's like, how you doing? My name's Steve Thompson. I'm a former wide receiver for BYU Cougars. Yeah. I want to be your lawyer with you. You know what? Those commercials know, like, are everywhere. The first bit of, well, the, la- the first and last bit of trouble I got into in the military, which is not as severe, obviously, because I'm here talking to you. Went to the Air Defense Council, like, I need to seek representation, possibly. BYU. All day. He was like, cool, did they, you know, the officers do this, this, and that, blah, 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 blah. All right. All right, cool. We're about to get this tossed out. Like, straight up. No, that, I didn't even hear my full story yet. He's like, I don't care about that. And he can go right back to Utah and be, like, welcome. Like, I'll give you an example. I, I flew back to Utah from here. I came here. I was here for a while. For a few months, I was kind of used to the Jersey etiquette or, or lack thereof. Uh. And so I fly out, fly to Utah. I get to the airport, and I'm standing, and I got, and I feel like I have the Jersey face that that that, oh, yeah. don't even... that mean mug. Don't talk to me like. And somebody's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, you know, what's hey, funny is like, how you the doing? reverse that coming from South Carolina and pulling pulling up here. I was in the BX parking lot." For those who are listening to know the BX, it's a basic exchange. It's basically like uh, a mall type area. Pull up the parking lot. There's plenty of spots, or whatever. But I'm like at the main entrance, and I like let somebody pull up, like a you know at a three way stop, and they were already kind of rolled out. So I was like, me being courteous, Southern, let them go. They literally lay on their horn. They're in uniform and like flick me off. This is like my first time driving on base. I got I got there like the night before, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm in Jersey now." Yeah, it's welcome different. to the suck. It's different, man. It's like, uh, listen, I'm not trying to sell people on Utah. Matter of fact, I don't want anybody thinking about moving <laughs> there. I don't want y'all driving you, up the prices. You, you may have me there with those those taxes are low enough, and the property value is great. Oh, uh, prop- yeah. oh, property value is amazing. For instance, I was looking before I got hit with the retrain. I was looking into to purchasing a house, and I was looking at a. A rancher, rambler, just a sense of one-story house. Utah's big on basements. Like they like to have the basements. They they have big families. You know the rumors or whatever yeah. about Mormons. It's not necessarily all the wise. It's just big communities. A lot of people are really into having large families. Around the base, Hill Air Force Base had 
three or four main gates that were always open um, throughout different times. Driving out each one of those gates, you were driving into a high school. Oh, wow. Not an elementary school. Like, there's always a bunch of elementary schools. Yeah. People got a bunch of little kids. You go out the south gate, turn left, make a right, Davis High School. You go straight, Northridge <laughs> High School. You go out the southwest gate, then it's Clearfield High School. You go out the Roy gate, it's Roy High School. You go out the north gate, it's Ogden School. Charter schools. This was just around the one base. Tons of kids, tons of people. Houses are designed to have multiple generations living in one house. Yeah. So you get a rambler, a rancher, and it's a one-story house. You normally have three bedrooms on the first level. And the basements were laid out to where you can have two to three bedrooms and a shower and, like, a common area downstairs. So you can, most houses, you were going to get up to five bedrooms with the two in the basement. Oh, okay. It was kind of standard because that just was, like, the cookie. It was, like, maybe it was a cookie cutter mold, but, that's, but that's it much. was effective because... Every house is like... And you don't, I mean, you don't necessarily have to use the, the, the basement, like, rooms as, you know, bedrooms. But you or can whatever. work it into your loan. Most people most people I know did, and they would have it to where they'd have... I knew some people had a kitchen. That was going to be, like, $300,000. $300,000, 325000 you're going to have, like, the kitchen and the basement is going to be finished yeah, and everything finished, else. Yeah. Two twenty five, two fifty. You're going to have the finished the square basement. Square footage, we were talking about square footage. Square like footage, like, 2,000 square feet. Okay. It's a substantial, substantial size house. It's so a you're talking about you also have property. And you have property. So it's not like I'm on like a half acre lot. You're not, you're not right next to You're not neighbor. brushing your neighbor's teeth in the morning gotcha. like, like you are. You, you got to walk over here. Like you got to, you got to go around the, ATV, the, the driveway and the RV pad and then you get to your neighbor's house. Okay. So it's relatively close. Yeah. you relatively close, but you have a substantial Some privacy. You can space. like play music and nobody's going to like complain. Play music, invite people over, your basement's decked out. Uh, a lot of they, a lot of places were built to, to kind of encompass this this idea of like this tight knit family. It's a lot of like a lot of foreign, like a lot of immigrants kind of have this philosophy where you have like I like I said I was in Germany. So a friend of mine, let's go to her house. She lived in the same house her whole life. Well, when she got to a certain age, her parents gave her the upstairs portion, which is the apartment. No, like an in-law suite. Kind of like thing. an in-law suite. So my apartment that I lived in was a house, and I had the apartment above my landlord. Gotcha. And she said when her kids were growing up, that's where they lived until they moved out. So Utah has that same concept where you, if you get married and you want to buy your own house, or you move back home, you have the basement, your bathroom, everything downstairs. Then you save up, you buy your own house, or you get your own house built you do the same. somewhere near that neighborhood and then you just you keep doing that so maybe one kid lives there for eight months and then they move out the next one moves moves in for eight months they save up move out the next one moves in so if you had three or four kids over the course of a couple of years you know they might be renting but they get their they're getting their career together it all rolls you graduate college come back home get your family together roll your family out boom now you all live in the same neighborhood or relatively close, or you decide I'm gonna move here, but you have that leverage because you you stayed at home for eight to twelve months. Then everyone goes to grandma's house. There's plenty of space, so she has multiple grandkids. She still has the basement. Hmm. They're used to living there, and you just everyone goes to grandma's house. So it's a big family-oriented kind of place, and it's just you know a lot Speaking of it works. Of, for like, me. You're familiar with the uh, 388 out of Hill, right? Absolutely, eight years. Yeah, so they're um, they're doing a flyover F thirty fives for a military military appreciation day for uh, or week I should say at University of Michigan for the Michigan versus Southern Methodist game on Saturday. So that's going to be pretty cool. Seeing the F thirty fives flyover, pretty dope. Damn, I don't think you just go to war and handle business. Stop breaking our current plans. We'll be good to go. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's a lot of perks. And like I said, just traveling. Being in the military, that's probably one of the, one of the greatest things is that um, you hear you hear about all these different placeated stories. Like I said, I went to Germany with the Korea. Korea has its own like. There's like two things I hear about Korea. What'd you hear? One of which is obviously you know very cultured. You get to you know new experience, different culture. 
that you get to experience. Other is don't be married, don't have a family if you're going to be like really be, go there. Because things could go awry if you're not good on the home front, which I think is anywhere. Yeah, but, but more or less there, it's kind of wild. Right? More there, a couple of things. Foreign, just being on a foreign land as a foreigner, yeah, no matter where you you have, you have the idea that you're foreign. So if a foreign person came here, if you met a French person mm-hmm. here you would be interested in, you know, are you from Paris? And no, I'm from this little town, blah, blah, blah. So the same thing happens overseas. Military, we've been these places forever. It still has that that creative, like, oh, this person is so new. I want to listen to their language. I want to learn their culture. And you're like, I want to learn it too. But a lot of it is just a bunch of young people and we're just kind of chasing, you know, we're chasing this this, this fun high, like where everyone's, everyone's having a good time. It's fun. So you tend to travel. Like, I spent most of my time, my four years in Germany, like, I traveled a lot. But a lot of it, I was just meeting people, going to different cities. I was being, a friend of mine were promoters and DJs, so I was meeting different people, and I was traveling that way. So it was just it just worked out. As far as Korea, you could experience the culture. But if you got, if you didn't have a plan to go, <clears throat> I want to go see the DMZ. I want to go teach a Korean family English or I want to learn Korean or I want to learn about this culture or I want to study the Korean War. If that wasn't your plan, it's very easy to get caught in this debaucherous lifestyle <laughs> that is Korea because Sorry. it's essentially it's essentially a college campus but everybody's getting so paid. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that so that would be like taking your some of our listeners out there be taking like your freshman year and your sophomore year students. Just think back how wild your ass was and how wild your floor was in your co-ed dorm. And you just take that and you give them a massive amount of responsibility and money. Paying them every two weeks. That's... And they don't have a car. That's another thing. You don't have a car. So you don't even have to think about who's not going to drink because you don't have a car. So and What was it, the drinking age? Drinking uh... age is 21. Okay. But... I was in Korea, went there twice for a total of 19 months. I showed my ID card zero times to get alcohol. So I'm not sure they're really concerned <laughs> with your age as more as can you pay for you this money? drink. All right, we're good. You got this money, good. Like, and here's my vodka cranberry that's 90% vodka, 5% ice, 5% cranberry. Like, it's, like that was your drink. So... You, you can get caught up in that. And something else, I because I had my old career field, a lot of us would go through Korea. And I would tell I would tell the guys that I was, you know, working with, my young airmen and young NCOs, I'm like, listen, man, I want you to put this in perspective. When you're out in Korea, I think at that point, I think Utah, yeah, Utah was about... 12, 13, maybe 14 hours behind Korea. So you go out all night long Mm -hmm. and it's 2 o'clock in the morning when you get back to your room. Oh my. Sunday morning. Well, it's noon Saturday. Yeah. So when your family wants to talk to you at noon. You're like, I'm not. And you're hammered. That's a problem. Seven Eagle Five punches are an 18 Yeah. It's lunchtime around here. It's lunchtime. Got to feed the troops. Yeah. Uh, so I would tell them, like, listen, man, don't be sauced up every single weekend because that's the time they want to FaceTime, Skype, and you can't be sauced up with five, six people in your room. Oh, yeah. That sounds great until in they, this kind of environment. Until they start calling. Yeah, until they start calling your, you know, first sergeant, like, why is my husband or wife not talking to me? Or worse. It's noon. You have a wife or a spouse or a girlfriend that's a little vindictive. Oh, no. So now, 2 a.m., you pass out. <laughs> She's on the phone. Girl, we going out. Why? Blah, 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 blah. This sounds like a hypothetical situation. Yeah. This actually happened. 
So they go out and just uh, party it up. Pictures all over the social media, just blasting pictures, dancing, drinking, having a great time. Now you sitting in your dorm room salty (laughs) when you wake up and see all these pictures. So what do you do? Go drink. You can be mature, or you can go drink some more. Cause there's always someone knocking at the door. Hey, what's up? Let's go party. Let's go. I got, I got. You get three rations a month, three little bottles of alcohol a month. All the beer you want, all the wine you want, but you can only get three bottles of alcohol. Come on, man. We good. We don't go to work until Monday night. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, you sitting there drinking, having a good time. You going back out, college life. Hmm. Very interesting. So, going over that early, I guess, the beginnings, the beginnings of the Raphael, and then uh, obviously, you know, jumping around from base to base, traveling the world, and we got a visitor. All right, yeah, so we actually just had a visitor there for some work stuff, but yeah, just doing a recap, basically left off with where exactly you know he'd, he'd been and some of the experiences he's had overseas and just traveling through family life that type of jazz uh so you are a family man yes father of three boys 16 14 and 9 that's just buck wild at all, at all times <laughs> it might be the most tame environment that you when i tell you i have a 16 14 and 9 year old you're like, oh, people are like oh my god literally is like the they're the most chill people I know. It's like I grew up, I have two younger brothers who are two years apart. So like, bro, like imagine having like, you know, six, eight, ten. It was bro. ridiculous. Me, I have two cousins and they were both born the same year. But we're all born in 81. You, you haven't dealt with that. You're probably, you're, probably, you're like king of the, the dominion of your house. Stop it, man. Cause like, like, what man, man you know lives like that? No one lives like that. Bro, That's my, not real. My king pop, of my house? Pops is like, yo. So there's a, like there's a dynamic I feel like with every household, like I'm pretty much like the final say. Mom's is like, I told you, don't let me tell you that. Are you talking about like, like not making your kids? It's kind of like, I mean, it's like my kids love to hang, like love me, like we, we can hang out, but at the same time, it's like he's not playing with you. Like if he's, if he's telling you to do something, it's for a reason. Let's go ahead and just knock it out. So you have little kids. But I have little adults. But when I was becoming way to more fun adulthood, I remember the, the household I grew up in, and it was just like, "Look, dude, it's almost like I'm giving you orders, marching orders. You give your younger brothers the marching orders, and we're all good." But with that, I think the level of like upcoming testosterone when we reach that level of like teenage, preteen, preteen, it, we had wars in my house, bro. All out wars. Just, yeah. I don't know if it's just a boy thing. Like, if no, girls I think do that. That's a, I think it's an Amarad thing. Bro. My savages, bro. Is, like. my, my, kids, my, my kids have like three different personalities. They need three, they need three different things from me collectively. Nice. Um, and it's easy because I don't have to always put them into one pot for the sake of we're doing this. I don't do that. So I have one son who's in the comics. Me and him go to Comic Con. I have another son that's in the live sports. Me and him go to games. So this is one of the things, like, as far as the young adulthood things. Like, okay, they're 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 becoming their own person, and then you can enjoy three different aspects, three different people. And what I do, when I think what I'm doing for them, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm allowing them to have that, like, because it's. <laughs> you see the airport. Yeah. Let's think about think about traveling through an airport. You see a family, you know, you're a family, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, you two kids and a wife. I travel by myself via the airport. Like I go visit my friends back in Utah, I, 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 friends I, in California. I, I do I definitely do that. You need that. Uh and when I see someone traveling with the family and I look at the luggage cart. And I think to myself, all right, I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm going away for five days. I'm going to Vegas for five days. I have daytime outfits. I have nighttime outfits. I got sleep outfits. 
all in this one bag. Yeah. My size 11 and a half, 12 shoes. I got at least, I pack three to four Dude. pairs of shoes minimum any trip that I go. That's just how I roll. And a pair I have on my feet. I, I can dig that. So yeah. when I see a family of two regular sized children and a husband and a wife, and you have eight bags, you're like, what's going like, on? Where, are y'all moving forever? <laughs> where are you going with all these bags? <laughs> but then you also have to factor in sometimes like people will take like empty bags. Why would you take to bring things back? For that. People don't care. Listen, man, you gotta repack. You might as well ship it. So now I'm looking like, all right, United Airlines. That's thirty five dollars a bag. Unless you're like me, I don't pay for bags. That's a whole. That's grandma's plane ticket. You could have just brought her with you with all <laughs> these bags. Bags falling off the cap. Uh, now you, now you're frustrated, yelling at the lady behind the counter. It's like, listen. I don't want to be here on Thanksgiving trying to get you on an airplane either. <laughs> like this is I I don't predict the weather. Like you're mad at the the rain, or you you mean it's too windy to catch my flight? Like that's not my fault. It's like what what's up with this Hurricane Florence? They lost my bags. That's not her fault. Like she works, she's in the same area of the airport you went. She has no idea what's going on with the bags, but it just like it makes me chuckle because I went to San Francisco last year. We did the math. If I wanted to go to San Francisco with my whole family, we'll go simple numbers. I paid like three, maybe two eighty or so for my ticket round trip. That was a pretty good deal. But say we get, I got five tickets. That's three hundred each. It's fifteen hundred dollars round trip. Military, my bags are free, so I'm good to go there. It's not a big deal. Um, so now I got to pay for parking. Because I got to drive to the airport, so I'm paying for parking. So fly to Philly, it's $11 a day for economy parking. We're gone for four days. So that's between what time you get there, it could be 44 to $55 for parking. So I'm with the 15 55 So now we're in the airport, we want to eat something. Right. Sodas in the airport, for some reason, must have diamonds or platinum in them <laughs> because they're like $32 a bottle for some soda, $8 for a smart water. I mean, it's ridiculous. $32 for beef jerky. Ridiculous. So... Go to Chicken and Pete's, get some French fries, chicken strips. I get a couple of beers. Now I'm already up to $180 in airport food. You, you haven't even taken off yet. I haven't even taken off yet. I'm still in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, you forgot your neck pillow? Now I got to buy another neck pillow. Oh, while we're in there, can I get this magazine, these Altoids? Now I'm up to set. I literally put a bottle of Smart Water, beef jerky, and a Sprite on the counter when me and my boy went to... Went to Vegas, and she said seventeen dollars. Like, I looked at him why? like he put something else on the counter. I'm like, did you put something else up here? She was like, no. I'm did like, you like a pizza? Like, <laughs> no, Cheez Its. It was Cheez Its and two bottles of water. Seventeen dollars. So now I get to San Francisco. I'm going to California. Go to San Francisco. All right. So now I need a vehicle big enough for my five. So that's either a Tahoe or a big SUV. Maybe three rows. Maybe just a couple. But more likely, for the sake of my mental convenience, because I just spent $2,000 yeah. to get us here, I'm going to get the bigger vehicle. Yeah. Oh, now I got to get a hotel for us. Five of us, right? We're going to sleep in this hotel. You need a suite. So I need a suite. Best case scenario, I get one 300 a day. You gotta, you gotta, Best case scenario. Those, the can, you got to check out the Candlewood suites. Best case scenario, I'm 250 a night for three yeah. or four nights. Yeah. So that's another 1000 The queen. The couch rollout. Somebody's going to be sharing that. And then you probably still have to get a rollout. Or still got to get a rollout, air mattress, sleeping bag, whatever the case may be. So now I'm up to about, I'm up to 3,000, I'm up to 3,500 already. I'm going to say I'm up to 3,000 already. I haven't entertained my family at all in this new state. You just traveled there. We just traveled there. We got from our house here in Jersey to California. Now we're ready to go to sleep. That That's all so we have. So none of this guarantees that anybody's having any fun. No one's having a good time because I have three different personalities, sons. And I got a wife. Unless you just have somebody who's Who like, has to travel with four boys. I love traveling. No one loves traveling that much. <laughs> you know what's funny is I have... I actually do have fun traveling when I'm by myself. Just like the whole get on the plane and everything... Unless it's just ridiculous, like a massive layover and I'm stuck inside the aircraft, I'm having a good time. I'm relaxing. And I'm not... These are first world problems. I get it. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not. But 
I personally like the idea that, for instance, New York Comic Con is in two and a half weeks. My middle son's in Comic Con, is on a Thursday, taking him out of school. Okay. We're going to Comic Con. Nice. Tell me as a dentist appointment, really, we're going to New York City. That's what I want to do. Uh, the Falcons, my favorite football team, they're playing the Redskins first weekend of December. Me and my youngest son, he likes to go to a lot of sporting events. We'll go down there Saturday, get a hotel, kick it, hang out, eat, do whatever we're doing. There's only two people. Me and him can split food, and it's no big deal. It's so easily just easy travel, done. get in and out. Or we get a hot dogs, long as he gets some chips, maybe a new hat, something for the game. He's got Rockets jersey. Rockets jersey. Have a good time. We'll take a bunch of pictures, a couple of tickets. We're golden. My oldest son wants to join the service academy. I figure I set up a tour, get him down to Annapolis, the Naval Academy, get a tour, and like let him see that. Like that's the world he lives in. Taking all three on the tour of the Naval Academy There's might not be as interesting. Like, get me out of here. One's definitely not gonna want to go, and the other one's like, I ain't got time for this discipline. I'm the reckless baby. Like the yeah. younger one, he's not gonna listen to rules and be quiet and not gonna do that. <laughs> The oldest one, who's that's his career path, and that's what he's focused on, he'd be more into that. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things I learned. I learned it taking him to hockey games. It's like to take all three of them to hockey games. And it's just everywhere. Oh, uh, literally. Would, my son would just sit there with a the beanie over his face, and I'm just feeding him churros. <laughs> just like, take the beanie up, eat this churro. Like, just stuffing churros in him. Every, every, just three dollars at a time, just coming out of my wallet, so he can get these. Like, churros. why are you even here? What's why the score? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the puck? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is it home run? Like, he just literally <laughs> zero interest in, in hockey. And at the time, my oldest son was super into his laptop. Like, that was his thing. I got him a laptop for his birthday. Nice. But then when I had to pull him off the laptop because I made everyone go to the game, he's like, man, really, that's gonna be on my laptop right now. So Youngest son was loving a hockey game. So it's because, like, I don't know, maybe just me and my, myself and my brothers, like, my dad would take us to, like, I remember when the Detroit Tigers were so awful that if you went to, like, the, So yesterday. This was ah, so worse, worse in this season. I'm talking about terrible. They couldn't give away tickets. Like, you can go get a uniform and be on the team for a day? You probably could have been in this year. Like, in these years. I mean, I, I remember, like, going to the old Tiger Stadium when it was still up and if a player stole a base didn't matter if it was our team or the other team you would get free tickets to the next game so if they played a double header you could go watch baseball like all day just because a player didn't matter which player that's they were a, on the home team or the away if they stole the base that's a just shit like that like yo or you know if two got stolen uh, please stay could, here and buy these hot dogs and yeah, beer yeah yeah for a discounted rate or something like that or we're giving away pizzas after a certain inning like yo that was dope so like those days of like going with pops and like just be out all day like or like hey we'd go to Tigers game and then we'd go watch the Pistons play or something like Copa Hall like back in the day yeah that was that was dope so I think that's where I where I got my love of like sports is because hanging out with my brothers and my family that was the thing like waking up my dad spitting off statistics from the newspaper he just memorized like baseball stats from like when he did it as a kid so like just having that like that that love I guess there hanging out as a family unit that's just sports is a thing yeah now it's like video games and or whatever else is out there and, pe- the and people knock video games and, and this and this is my uh, this is my thing that like I always get people on like listen video games are interesting I mean, this required balance. Like you can't let you can't let your kid play video games all day. That's why I feel like only identify with the video. The game. only reason why I still play video games to this day is because I know that my son and my daughter at one point will love to play like Madden or some sports game or something like that, and it's gonna be my jam. And I might have to give them that work on the sticks. Video games are dope. I just tell them to get off so you can go to football practice. <laughs> Like, it's time to go do something physical. All right, it's time to do homework. No video games during the week. Don't blow all your little extra money playing video games. But people need to stop acting like video games aren't fun. I was playing Madden yesterday. I was actually mad that the EA server was down when I got off work. 
because my kids are all at school. I'm like, I'm about to get a couple of games in, then I'm going to go to sleep. So I drank my little wine, and I travel along on EA, and the server was down. I'm like, what am I going to do now? I want to watch Netflix. I'm going to go to sleep. So, you know, like so, like I said, it, what, what happens is that now they all have, like, their own, you know, they all have their own personality, and I try, to, I try my best to, to allow them to cultivate that personality to the first extent. Comic book movies are dope. Not DC. I don't know what's going on with them. Like they need to. They need to hire their some new writers or something. Marvel's got the the oh, market yeah. cornered. Oh, yeah. They need to do something different. But I can have a comic book conversation with my middle son. My oldest son is he's he's sixteen, so he's starting to think a little differently. He wants to join the military, so I can talk to him about what you know what he thinks of this situation. If he was in charge, what would he do? Or, you know, these concepts or some things that I think are odd. And when I come home, I'm like, this is what we did today. Like, I'm going to talk about a couple of things we're doing tonight at work. He's going to be like, he's going to give me like, why would you do that face? I'm like, exactly. This is why <laughs> we do that face. And, you know, I'll have the answers and, you know, and, and it works that way. My youngest son likes to argue. Like, him and my dad literally, what was this? I'm going to say March. March of this year. NBA's going strong. Playoffs about to kick off. These two guys, both in my ears, telling me Toronto is going to win the East. I'm like, listen, man, as long as LeBron is still on Cleveland, they that, that are is, the team to win. I, that, is a, the that is a whole other uh, bag, oh, bag of parts man. right there to deal with. Uh, These two. One was in my left ear, the other one's in my right ear. I'm like, listen, just go ahead and bet that dollar. Because <laughs> that's what we do. We bet the dollar. Losers have to sign it. I got the dollar in my wallet now. It's signed because I picked LeBron. My dad had to sign it. I'm still waiting <laughs> on my... I got to get my son to sign it. I think next time we go down to the gym, I might have him sign it together and take a picture. And, like, that way they would just listen to me. But that's their personality. And I think trying to make... When you try to make your 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 children or your people or whomever you deal with fit into a particular box that they don't fit in, um, But I, I also think it's very important, very important is that you try to... Try to bond with them on their terms, obviously. In the show, like, I don't, I never leave something out that I enjoy or that my wife enjoys. So just try to give them a fair shake at whatever it is, and then like sometimes, like with the whole me going to jujitsu thing, I was like, well, I don't, I almost didn't want to take them because I don't, I don't want to force something on them, and then like hate it. Yeah. But the son, my son, I think maybe because he's so young right now, he doesn't really care either way. He gets excited to go, but once he's there, he's like, ah, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, my daughter like literally we're, like we're there for an hour solid, and like leaving, cha- we've already changed out of our geese. We're like put on our street clothes. We're getting ready to leave, and she's like, "Dad, can we stay and watch the next class?" And I'm like, "Sure, you're gonna become a savage." Like, like that, that's kind of cool. She's gonna break some little the boy's stu- arm. She's like student in the game. Like seriously, like, like they're asking questions. The professor, she's like muscles. answering her answering questions. Is, is dope. But actually, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up. Um, just for now, maybe do a part two. Uh, we got. Meat, meatheads get on the truck but uh yeah it's great having you on you're welcome this is another episode of the journey of Oz we'll be bringing uh Raphael back in the near future hopefully uh I'm off until Monday night I'll let you boy hopefully uh, in a more tamed environment but uh thanks for listening peace <laughs>